You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Now. Like, oh my god, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his penis. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> Blah, 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 blah. We back. We, we back. We back. back. And welcome to the first official um, recap episode of Killing Eve season three by yours truly. Wow. Um, what an episode. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's definitely a way to phrase what we It's thought. a way. It's a way. And because you guys are going to hear the snack that actually posted after the episode aired, but you will still hear it. I predicted that Villanelle's wife, like I just was like, oh, blinding light has just hit me. I think Villanelle's wedding is going to be the first fucking scene because it's so ridiculous and absurd and everything that they should just throw us right into it. Just throw us into it. Don't explain mm-hmm. shit and see what happens. And Terrence Stamp was like, what? Are you for real? And I was like, hell yeah. And I was incorrect about Eve's first scene being what I thought was her being woken up by Kenny. But I was right about Villanelle. And they did that shit, y'all. They put us right, right into the sapphic action of Villanelle's getting married to a rich Spanish wife. And she is full of nonsense in her toast. (laughs) A lot of nonsense. The guests were not pleased. How you spent your entire toast? Your entire toast? (laughs) Talking about your ex. I just, I want someone to make it make sense. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. This is how you make it make sense. That Villanelle hasn't spent a single day, a minute, a moment, since she shot Eve in the ruins thinking about Eve. Again, evidenced by the cowboy hat display in the final deleted scene of the season two season finale. But yeah, I would say she is pressed to death. And this is why this goes exactly to my argument that Villanelle's not over and she's full of shit. Like we were joking on the live. I just feel like Villanelle has brought up her ex a lot. Her fiance slash, I guess, wife now because they officially married. And I have questions about whether or not Villanelle returned to the scene of the reception. I just want to know <laughs> if she's gone with Dasha forever or if it what does this what she does is like her wife used to this shit is she just used to villanelle disappearing and she's like well the sex is real good and so i mean i deal with it. i put up with it she's a fuck boy slash you know fuck girl it was a lot i did enjoy it though it kind of made no sense the way it just sort of like ended there and you guys what was with villanelle's two-step not two-step i mean we talked about this on a live i would like to think that villanelle has a piece of beat within her and she simply could not find the beat because she was so uninspired by her wife. Who, oh, no. Shitty for her wife. She looked happy. She was out there she trying did. to salsa. She was like, bitch, can you move your hips? Think, 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 think. And Villanelle looked like the most awkward you could ever imagine. Who was like, I don't even know what salsa music is. No, I can't dance. And she was getting spooked by people in the hall. So, well. Yeah, it was like she saw like a random waitress. It was like, who are you? was she always part of the staff? Is this? So I felt like she was looking into herself. Like, you know, if I were to sneak into here for a target i would i would put on that same exact outfit and you know follow someone what the- that's what you think i feel yes. like villanelle could put on so many outfits well, why yeah. that same outfit it wasn't well, even an outstanding outfit. meaning to say that that's how easy it is for someone to break in and interfere or or you know just create some sort of chaos like if she was a target and someone was looking to take her or out. maybe villanelle's just paranoid she's a she's an assassin and a killer 
So she kind of knows what to look for when someone is being suspicious in your space. So maybe she is always on the lookout for someone trying to get her, which would make sense because of how she fucked the 12. But also maybe she's like, is that Eve Palastri at the corner of my eye? I don't know. Definitely when she stopped the toast partway to continue, it was definitely to look to see if someone was going to storm through the room to be like, stop the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Stop the wedding. It's me, Eve Palastri. And she shakes her locks. Right. And Villanelle is just like, I was going to do that sound from like Kill Bill or like the sirens. Like she just, she's done. And oh my God, you guys, I don't have any funeral procession music, but if I did, I would be playing it right now for my sweet, sweet summer child, Kenny Martins. I believe that was his last name, Martins. I don't know if he, if that like is Carolyn's maiden name or her married name. I feel like she's the type of bitch to keep her own name and give it to her son. But neither here nor there. You guys, Kenny's dead. Kenny's dead. And it was, I saw, well, uh, I saw what happened to his body, but I don't know when he died. That's the only thing I'm trying to figure out. Like, I feel like, did he die up top and then he took a trip down or? Wait, what was the question? Like, I'm trying to figure out if the impact is what took him out or if he was taken out before the impact. No! We need an autopsy, and I don't think Kenny would put up enough of a struggle. Remember how Elena scared him in the back alley? That you could just scare him off the roof and send him face down. What's interesting is that he landed on his on his face. Um, yeah. This, the whatever, the nerd in me is like, well, there's interesting ways to wonder about that versus like a way less attractive body arrangement of him falling. But I just thought it was awful because it's on his fucking face. And yeah. Carolyn is going to have to identify that body mm-hmm. and not cool. Uh, there were... So there were L's abound this opening episode. It's bad. And Kenny just had a, such a sweet face that why do you have to fall on his face? And just in general, Kenny's standing up for himself. He's making his own life, making his own way downtown. Just making his way downtown. And he's dead. He's murdered. And so it's going to be a sore spot for Carolyn. And we will see her, I believe, unhinged next episode. Or perhaps both versions, like really, really easy going to the point where you're like, that's creepy. Someone's going to die. And also unhinged to the point where you're like, that's creepy. Someone's going to die. Either way, I don't think any versions of Carolyn Martins that we're going to see is going to be a safe, predictable version of Carolyn Martins. A Carolyn with not much to lose is not an enemy that you want to make. So like when you see someone like a, a Paul, you know, try to poke the bear, as it were, and she's already in a state like it doesn't bode well for her kenny was her baby boy right as much as she's always been careful we'll have to see how um how to task that can be not over the death i'm not over it like i was expecting it i've been expecting it i've been praying for you all for this and even still i was like no not kenny and for eve to see a body dropping out of her periphery come on man i was like listen that kind of shit gives you nightmares It really does. Like, you don't need to see someone ending their life in real time before you because I promise you won't fucking forget it. And that shit is annoying. It's annoying. Wow. I, 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 uh, we have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this episode, as you might imagine. A lot of shit went down. A lot of it was just like, oh, wow. Oh, okay. Oh, is is this? Okay. Season three. Hello. Here we are. Because, wow. I guess, should we just like go and watch this episode one more time? Yeah, let's do it. And try to get some semblance of understanding. I don't think it'll happen, though, for certain parts of it. 
episode. I, I mean, there are pieces here, but I just don't know where they go. I do like watching Nico suffer. Well, and y'all, he did suffer. He's been suffering for six months. I just, that's that's the icing on my cake. That Nico's hair is messed up. That Eve has apparently been visiting him. Like what? Is she like, I think that's, we were, we were musing about whether or not she was his, you know, attorney right. executor or something. Or, right. Just like in The Caretaker of Poor Nico, who the state has decided cannot take care of himself. And there he is with his unbrushed hair. Same plaid shirt. And Eve is like, hey, so I'm here visiting again. And Nico's just like, what do you want? Eve, we both know I deserve better. Better than this. Better than you. And I'm like, no, sir. No, that's not what we know. But I am happy to see that Eve is groveling, sort of, in a way. Like, I wanted her to because this is bottom. This is rock bottom. Begging Nico for anything is as far bottom as it gets. But she got to realize it. If she doesn't know she's at bottom, it, it, it doesn't count. No, she knows. How oh, do you okay. sniff yourself after not showering and oh. have an apartment with all the trash and things everywhere that Eve does and not know that you're on bottom? She knows she's on bottom. Problem is, she has no interest in extricating herself from that place. So mm. maybe a combination of Kenny's death and Villanelle reappearing will spur her to some sort of direct action that is involved in her life versus it just happening to her and her surviving, which is what we see. Monotonous, walking here cooking, sapphic, dumpling making, oh, I'm back over here, over listening to my coworkers. I mean, she's she's kind of, she's on autopilot. Yeah, you're right. So we're going to take a quick moment and rewatch uh, the premiere episode. That was entitled, Slowly, Slowly Catching Monkey. There's something about the way you are. And we are back. Uh, <laughs> We're God. back. So there's nowhere else to begin but the beginning, which takes us to Let's Moscow in 1974. Uh, Moscow 1974. We are in some sort of gymnasium with an instructor and a little girl who is a doing. Little girl. She looks like she's 13. I mean, maybe even 14. Looks like she's hitting the stride of being able to murder while standing up. So let's put some respect on this teenager's age. Yes, she's a preteen or just a really (laughs) young teen. She's a preteen or a young teen, but yes. And she is on the uh, uneven bars doing a routine. And there's two people watching her. Yeah, Nice little switches and flips. And then one ducks out the back right before she lands and she... Can't commit to um, the the position she lands in, so she steps out. But did you mention that creepy dude that was just watching? It was like, I think you look great. <laughs> yeah, he because stepped out. Because she's getting berated by her coach, essentially. Oh, yeah. It was like, I mean, it's very st- stereotypical idea of what Russian sports look like, which is cruel and mean and demanding excellence. Do you want to go back to the gutter slums where you used to, to be? Is she stick the landing? And I mean, right. I mean, could she try again? <laughs> He's like, wow. you loser, get your ass back into the slums. I was like, you know what? This is that's I how they mean, be doing people in Russia. Yeah, I just really want uh, a medal, I guess. I mean, good luck. And technically, again, this is the '70s, so we're talking about Soviet Russia. Mm-hmm. So they there's a reputation there for a good reason. It was mm-hmm. like a lady version of Rocky. And she was dealing with her own Drago. <laughs> well, uh, relentless. So she hits the, sh- she hits the shower. She goes back into the, uh, the locker room. She's pissed off, and for some reason, there's a 
guy in the maybe it's the same co-ed. co-ed. Maybe it's, it's the, the co-ed. co-ed. I don't know. Co-ed. Lock it looks like situation. he's on the team. Looks like That's he's dangerous. on the team, the Russia team. I don't know. I just felt like there would be a men's place for men to go and hit the showers, and then a women's place for women to go and hit the showers. That's probably why he's dead because he shouldn't be in the women's showers. Right. With his little kisses, but those weak flowers. Right, he okay. Brought. I mean, flowers are, you know, flowers are something that you should give to someone if they're from the heart. And so if it is a one daisy or two carnations and it's from the heart, that's cool. I just feel like, especially when the patriarchy, I was like, those three little whack ass carnations. I think they were carnations. I was like, why you got three? Three? That's that's embarrassing. Like, how do you? I just don't know how you're supposed to woo a bitch with three carnations or one and a half, two pieces of carnations. Like, get that bitch two to three thousand. Fill it up. So she can barely see your face when you're approaching with the flowers and then um, blow her mind. But maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just projecting what I do with flowers. But my God. Well, you you sound like you have a sense of direction. Where I like giving gifts. As this individual had no sense of direction. Had he respected this young woman's oh, he had. It was the patriarchy. for success, he would have been there to console her in a different way. Like... You'll show him tomorrow, whatever. You'll kick, you'll kick that routine's ass. But no, you know what he said? Let you'll, me console you with he, this date. He was like, "You'll always be a, a winner to, to me. me. You'll be Which a winner is, to but me." But I'm a loser. I don't a like. You're not. Me. I don't need you to reinforce the fact that I did not flawlessly execute my routine. Because that's all I'm thinking about. And you're over here, like, okay with me not being the best. Which we means can't that all be you, Dominique Doss. Which means that you. We can't all be motherfucking. <laughs> and your energy right now is not good for what I'm trying to do. Because I'm trying to be the very best. And it sounds like you're in my way. So there he goes trying to kiss her. And she's like, well, I'll just take this tongue. And then the tongue was gone. And he's, like, coughing and bleeding on the floor. She's getting her frustration out on him. Right. I mean, it's like, it seems like if that was like her first murder, I guess, I mean, I'll talk about how this intro to Dasha is something. We talked about it a little bit on the live. It's a little bit confusing to me. I think it is a very interesting, strange, risky choice to make your first scene of a show like Killing Eve about a new character we've never met and not directly about Eve or Villanelle. And in this case, particularly Eve, because Eve was shot. It's a choice. And right. so even if I was going to do a flashback, especially with the type of exposition or something we might get from Carolyn, judging what happens at the end of the episode, I would have taken a Carolyn flashback. Right. Like, show me Carolyn and a young Kenny. Like, show me something that feeds into the conversation they had later that day if you're going to try to be a completionist and make sure Kenny exerts some autonomy before he gets taken out of the show. But um, I was a little bit underwhelmed by that first scene i it doesn't compare when i think about my adrenaline rush for episode one of season two which is of course different from episode one of season one because we were just getting introduced to villanelle but even so you're like this shocking moment of what's this interaction with this child what's it going to be like oh she's spilling ice cream on the girl and then season two we're literally thrown right into the action Mm -hmm. 30 seconds after the fact and all kinds of stuff happened right away from eve just trying to get out to hiding in the utility to the old lady being like oh word i'm getting god they're like you're dead to villanelle hiding in the little window watching eve go away while she's bleeding the fuck out because she needs to have some control eve completely deranged in her own sense bloody hands Making phone calls in front of couples, poor Hetch just trying to get married. They're like, oh my God. And it's been a. Congratulations. <laughs> like, it was literally a wild adrenaline ride the entire time. And that's not saying that they should repeat. It's just that I wasn't intrigued. 
especially to see it. Like, of course, I want to know about Dasha. But as I said on the live, I'm not convinced that they needed to show me this flashback of Dasha to convince me that she's dangerous or more dangerous than Villanelle or this is why she trained Villanelle. It was a bit anticlimactic to me in that sense and probably because the murder was so basic. And later on in the show, we're going to hear Dasha say to Villanelle like that she's better than her. And as we've been thinking, presumably the inspiration for how Villanelle kills. And I just feel like the first death choice for all the fanfare people talking about, right. oh, we got someone coming over from a series where there's like corpses everywhere. I wasn't impressed. Okay, so you nope. bit, what did I say on the live? I was trying to get some from Species or some shit where she bit his tongue or lip, but I wanted her to pull it. Like, let's get some actual gore, like rip it, because that would have been uncalled for, unnecessary, and totally cool. If they went Ooh, to a kiss and she pulled yeah. and separated like it was bubble gum until the, the, his, his lip ripped <laughs> off. And then she beat the shit out of him and covered him in um, powder. But that's not what we got. And so I just wish, if I'm supposed to give a shit about this Dasha, in terms of her being scary, you got to give me more scary right. shit. Right, where was her scary kill? I didn't need 1974. We got nothing. You could have given me it's 1984. Coming. If Maybe there was a better coming. kill 10 years from then? No, they... <laughs> no, they're just... This is one of those things where like, we're going to tell you. But we're not going to show you. Dasha's so amazing and like literally the best killer. So much better than Villanelle. But we're never actually going to show you, at least not yet, a death that is cooler than Villanelle. So there's time left in the season. Although I would also argue I don't need to be seeing Dasha kill a bunch of times. I kind of here for Villanelle to be doing the murdering in Eve. Right. But I thought it was going to be Villanelle's wedding. That was the first scene for well, just anything in general. And I actually think it would have been stronger than the Dasha scene. They could have shuffled it and put Dasha like later on and it still would have been fine. Actually, yeah. No, really. Because to me, I was like, Villanelle being married, especially for the people who didn't look at the spoilers because we got a few messages today about people like, I just managed to avoid all this stuff because I was trying to. So those people opening up to Villanelle's wedding are like, huh? but by the time you get that into your brain, it's done. Right. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing to talk about. And so, I don't know. I hope Dasha continues to get more interesting and honestly dangerous in a way that I can believe, like a like a Carolyn. Because right now, Dasha is the actual assassin, but Carolyn is still more dangerous to me. And that's all down to how Fiona Shaw has played her thus far and how her character has been written. Right. I could agree with that, too. But speaking of writing receptions, we might as well go on to the next scene, which right. is <laughs> Villanelle's sapphic wedding to a rich Barcelona resident named Maria. Maria, Maria. So, because of the <laughs> spoiled content, <laughs> we knew who the other person getting married was. But Maria's giving this speech, and she basically details how that camera pull out was like, come on now. <laughs> right. We all knew. But yes. Big reveal. Ooh. And she's like, um, you know, uh, she's like, I'll never forget the moment when, you know, we first met. And she said, essentially, um, I'm going wherever you're going, which is so... She said that was basically Villanelle's pickup line, which is very Villanelle. Yeah, that was She so puts eyes on a lady that she wants, and then she literally goes after that woman. And I do think that, like we were joking about the, the cowboy hat, that it was almost immediate that she just saw a girl, dark hair, and she's like, you, I'm coming with you. And this one probably looked really wealthy because of the shoes, which is mm. what Villanelle says in her speech. She was like, first thing was the shoes, but there was other stuff too, like her house and her hairdresser. And... <laughs> Her pool and her money. <laughs> and the crowd's just like, <laughs> um, I mean, she does have those things, but <laughs> um, is that what really attracted you to her? And it's like, yes, Villanelle likes things. She likes pretty things. 
if I knew that getting married was this fun, I would have a lot more, my, a lot more weddings. I was like, well, really, girl? Okay. All right. Yeah. But, but let me tell you about my ex, though. <laughs> right. She goes into her toast speech after her bride is, you know, grinning from ear to ear. And we're like, well, she had a great morning. So at least because this day is not going to end the way she expected. Hopefully she at least had a great morning full of O's. Thanks to Villanelle. But yeah, Villanelle starts her speech. And you're like, this is already going bad because of what she's saying about the wife that she wants. And then she's like, so transitioning to Eve, because it's only been about seven minutes since I last (laughs) mentioned her. You know, when I think about, when I think about my ex, when I think about her now, I just, (laughs) she's dead. And I just realize that I'm so much happier. I'm so much more well off. And it's like that awkward laugh from her and her wife and everyone else at the wedding just like, so do we, uh, <laughs> I mean, Maria said she was weird, but this is, this I mean, is this beyond. is like red flag kind of, is it our place? To- <laughs> it's not because we- <laughs> technically they're already married. There's right. nothing to flag except for maybe annulment papers because it's a done deal. According to what should be reality. Who knows if we will see this wife again. We did a poll. We'll tell you what the poll results are at the end of this. <laughs> but yeah, you guys can probably guess. Um, then in the middle of her speech, she hears like the door, I guess it's the main door shut and she's like quiet for like a a beat. Well, first there's like some footsteps and then she's kind of like looking around that starts like in the first half of the thing. Then she finishes the speech and then we go to the dance. We cut to the dance and that was... Well, I mean, well, someone Maria is dancing. Maria, Maria was like, check me out again. Check these hips because I am from Barcelona. And Villanelle was like, I am from um, I was trying to think of how the hips do lie or (laughs) because she lied and said she could move them hips. But Villanelle was so stiff. And so what I said on the lie, for those of you didn't hear it, was that maybe it is her lack of inspiration of Eve Palastri in general that has taken all this color from her life and thusly the music from her hips. As many of us on the live refuse to believe that Villanelle couldn't have a piece of beat, a piece of beat. Really? Villanelle? I refuse to accept. So, yeah. (laughs) And there she is standing watching her wife. Her wife is having the time. She's literally having the time of her life. She's like, she's looking at her friends. She's like, this is what I've been waiting for literally my entire life. And Villanelle so stiff. She's just like, I feel like I keep seeing ghosts and shadows and I can't even deal. She keeps running. I'm like, this is the first dance. Why are you running away from the first dance? Because she sees somebody (laughs) in the corner. And for Dasha, I'm like, what is, what is this game? Why didn't you just find a hell before the marriage? Like, do you have any amount of respect or concern for her right. wife? The Clearly decor, not. Right, Clearly right. not. Because that's the rudest thing you could do is need Villanelle. She knew Villanelle was going to chase that. She, I mean, however they split up, it was obviously so fucked that she knew that was going to happen. Like, she had to know Villanelle was going to jump attack her. Right. I mean, it wasn't going to be the run good jump attack, like the hug, that that angry hug that she did with Constantine when she had on the Harlequin pants. Right. It wasn't that. It was... They had a different kind of parting, so... And she had that smug look. Wait, oh, so well, technically, cake- when you were, I was going to say, you left out the cake cutting because there's three times where Villanelle spooked. It's when she's talk, giving her toast, when she is watching the wife dance and being very stiff, and then when the cake is cut and they're eating it, and Dasha finally reveals herself by the door in the crowd. Hmm. And, you know, Villanelle runs slow motion a la Constantine, right. but in her suit and heels and then just tackles this bitch on a table full of stuff that falls over 
And it's a it's a hot mess after there. It's just chaos. The wife comes over to break it up, but it does not work. Villanelle is not concerned about her wife trying to grab onto her. The funniest part is probably the wedding photographer who was like, I got to get all of this, all of this. I and mean, then the random person who's like, or was that the wife that was like, do not take these pictures. Do not take these pictures. I think it was the wife's, probably the wife's mother or like, so whoever's. Whoever the, was right, looking out for Maria. Planner, was looking out for Maria. Right. They were like, you are not taking these photos. Right. I planned this one. I know this will make it to Twitter. I know you're going to sell these to the wrong people, bitch. And so that was hilarious. And what really didn't make sense to me, I know I said on the live as well, I was just sort of like, why is everyone fighting? Right, why is it because a Villanelle Ruffle? has no family over there. So it's not like they're opposite sides of the fence. It's just Maria's family and friends. And why are they fighting? I think they're fighting each other because they're upset Villanelle's even there. That has to be it. Because nothing else makes any sense. Because I'm like, Maria, couldn't you just be like, Hello? <laughs> Family, can we stop? Like, what the fuck? This is my day. And people are like, oh, true, true, true. It's Maria's day. Unless her family just got a lot of issues, a lot of pent up stuff. A lot of things haven't been worked out. And everyone was just trying to deal with their collective family trauma at once. All spurred off by Villanelle. Who left the party? Who left the party? I'm sure the police were called. Somebody was called into that fucking place. Bills have to be paid for things that are broken. But Villanelle right. left in some vehicle with Dasha at the end of it. And I was like, really, you just left your wife? That's why we put the question on the poll. Is Villanelle going to see her wife again? Will we see the wife again? Because as far as it played out, she married this hell. <laughs> Took whatever she could get for six months. Dasha shows up and she dips at the reception after the cake, leaving Maria there to explain to whomever what the fuck has just happened. And and part of one of my theories is that this is something that happens because Villanelle's a fuck girl and Maria knows this and she like will, she's theory. willing to accept it for that amazing um, strap energy that Villanelle brings to the bedroom. And so she's like, fine. And they're like, Maria, we told you she was bad news. But how many times is this? What does this make? Eight disappearances. <laughs> I mean, she just does this ever so but often. she'll be back. She'll be back. She always comes back. And so we do have theories. We'll get to that later, but... I mean, but the nerve to have Dasha and Villanelle together in the back seat, bloodied, and the vehicle has the can, the tin cans behind them saying just married. But it's not Villanelle and her wife, it's Villanelle That's and right, Dasha. That's right, it does say just married. Wow, so that adds another level to it. She <laughs> took the, the honeymoon vehicle? Yes. I bet that bitch looking at her plane tickets like, but babe, you how, said how, like... How, I was supposed to get to the You airport. said you were really excited to go visit Alaska for the first time ever. <laughs> I bet you Villanelle would do some shit like that. I want to go to Alaska, but it's so cold, babe. That's where I want to go for our honeymoon. Please and thank you. Of course, babe. Get whatever you want. It's fine. <laughs> you know, I love you. Ugh. And so what is after that scene? Oh, actually, we get our first scene of Carolyn after this, I believe. After we see Dasha and Villanelle fleeing in the wedding car. Poor Maria. And we see Carolyn and she's walking down the hall like a boss. Definitely. I did that not stretch. manage to tweet a lot because of going live and all that shit. But that was the one one of the tweets I did get out, which was that Carolyn walking down a hallway is a fucking mood. Just the swagger, the presence, all of it. And it seemed gay as fuck. And really, it's because of the gigantic, the enormous, the unstoppable amount of big dick energy on display by Carolyn. As she walked that hallway, she was like, I don't know who's here. I don't know who's new. But you need to know who's the toughest bitch in this building. And it's right. me. Who's the baddest bitch? Oh, me. And she continued that entire finesse on dude. What was that dude's name again? I forget. We, I'm uh, sure we'll Paul? learn it again. Was it Paul? The one who was being uh, shady, but not shady enough for Miss Martins yeah. because she outshaded him. Yeah. The way she approached him, she was like, bitch, what? <laughs> and he was like, oh, Carolyn, 
Oh. Such a pity. Such a pity. Diane had to bring in someone to oversee. Oh, wait, I don't think he said oversee. I feel like she said oversee. Right. And he was like, you I mean, know, you run, to right. run the new desk, to run the desk. She was like, oversee, oversee. He was like, run, oversee, run. And so that was the energy they had because he's like, okay, whatever, oversee. Um, almost called you, though, over Christmas because I needed some advice, you know, divorce. It's so difficult, but like you've done it so many times, right? So I was like, oh my God, if anyone knows some stuff about divorce, some secrets, it's Carolyn. And then Carolyn's like, yeah, yeah, divorce is easy. Marriages are hard, buddy. I see what you were trying to do and you failed. You did not succeed at that. And then he makes another joke after that before he walks off. Oh, he was like, um, oh, a shame uh, that they needed to move me into your office. Well, no, <laughs> he actually uses the buckle. He says, because that's, that's why it's British shade. Because yes. he's like, oh, my God. Oh, oh, and one other thing. So sorry. So, so sorry about the office debacle. What a debacle of them giving me your office? Like, oh, my gosh. How rude is that? And Carolyn's like, oh, that dusty old thing? Haven't been there since 1997, you hoe. Take the office. And very dead Pam was like, I don't even know where our office is. Like, bitch, I don't even know what that is. So you can have, I guess. Take There's that. nothing I mean, in there. I that, think it's storage. I, I Do you want to? Like, right. I don't think I've ever. <laughs> sure. She's keep like, it? take that. Keep that. If that makes you feel like good and complete inside, you take that office. So he had to walk away knowing that he lost every exchange with Carolyn. And he's like, they said I could run the desk. <laughs> oh, he did Carolyn's shout something me. out. I think about um, what was her name? Uh, that uh, someone's in the mood. Uh, was it? I feel like it starts with an L, but it's probably not the because we cut to a scene right after this where she's being itemized for things that item. Are... Oh, you're talking about Diane. Oh yeah. So he's not in that scene. No, yes, but as he's leaving, he's like, oh, and Diane's in the mood. Like, he's letting her know, like, to be ready for all of the I mean, that's just shade. I don't don't know if that's, like, him telling her to be ready because Carolyn was talking about Diane in the opening of the scene. And she was saying that Diane is stiff and whatever and not preferable to the previous boss that we met last season. And so she was already prepping her coworker for how annoying Diane is. So this guy coming in, he's just being an annoying man, mansplainer. Callan learned no information from him. Right. No new information at all. But yeah, they do cut to her getting reamed out about all of her off books missions, which is apparently the whole of season two. And nearly 500 pounds in lunch bills, which... Yeah, really British hold on lunch. Just pay yeah. her. It's lunch. Just... She's going to eat. But at the same time, you got to audit people. I mean, is she taking that from petty cash? Like, what is she doing? Like, you got to put the receipts in. That's how the government gets inflated. If you got motherfuckers out here charging lunches to taxpayer dollars. I I agree. I'm there with Diane, girl. (laughs) We got 500 in lunches and you get paid. You get paid really well, Carolyn. So how about you pull out your personal card next time you're doing missions off the book instead of billing mi6 to me that's reasonable she's successful does she really need to expense 500 pounds to mi6 no that's petty and that's probably why she did it because she's petty but that's also why i love carolyn (laughs) especially because of all the history carolyn has with all these people she worked with like constantine i'm just gonna say that her and diane probably smashed because diane looks so stiff and so annoyed with carolyn that i would believe that they had a thing in their late 20s early 30s and it just like Carolyn never called, never texted, ghosted that bitch, saw her in the office and was like, oh, hey. And so Diane has never gotten over it. And this is part of the petty game she plays because Carolyn has way too many people in her rotation to not have some angry or just like uh, no, just no, people yeah. with energy. Like, just people with energy. The way how she was prepping her uh, associate about Diane kind of feeds into that, which she's like the perfect example of someone who's up top who prevents actual work from being done. It's like, hmm. 
Well, who would? Well, they sound like polar opposites, and sometimes that is really it could get explosive right, yeah. for <laughs> sexual attraction. Mm-hmm. So that could work. You know, enemies to lovers is a very popular trope. And if for some reason that may be something to develop, sure, give us yeah, that right. later on. Well. <laughs> I'm like, can we develop that instead of Dasha? Like, I mean, we could have developed a whole other savage thing for Carolyn, and that would have been preferable. They could go the route of um, uh, Rosie Perez's character and uh, her girlfriend from the Harley Quinn movie that yeah, we right. saw. I know they're not. I mean, they give could, that, but they could, right. but they're not. They're not. I mean, fighting lesbians or just <laughs> that stuff is fun. Gays have fights too, and sometimes they're funny <laughs> to watch. But no, I don't know. I think the only gay fight drama we're gonna get this season, if we're lucky, hopefully, yes, is Villain Eve, and that's fine. Just make it real good, and I am okay. And then uh, we get a a gentle cut to the market. I want to say. Uh, we're in New Malden, and Eve is not all wide awake. She is half dead. She looks depressed. She looks hurt. She's moving gingerly to avoid some sort of pain by her chest, back, or soldier. And we see a scar later, so we assume it has to do with that. She's shopping. She's doing stuff. It just looks mundane and unhappy. And when she's at the store, she goes to check out. We can see that she's definitely in Koreatown, um, in this part of Britain, referred to as New Malden. And I feel like we said that in a snack or something that someone else revealed and whatever. She's listening to these cashiers talking in Korean about whatever, romance and love. And at the end of the exchange, the last sentence is like, oh my God, Rome. It's like the most romantic <laughs> place on earth for romance, Rome. She's and like, Eva's oh. just like, shut right. the fuck <laughs> And then to make matters worse, <laughs> she leaves and the bitch didn't even double bag. She was right. like, oh my God. And all of her cup of noodles and just like the most basic, like you said, uni food, just you're broke. You right. don't care about your health. Right. Like you got maybe, you maybe got like a hot plate. And right, just, right. That's Eve. Right. That's Eve. Yep. She's like, if I don't have to go to the stove, even better. If I could just microwave this water and pour it in here, that's a meal. And considering where she works, think about how she doesn't bring anything home. Right. Almost every single worker that works in a, in a restaurant will be allowed to take something home, a meal, whatever it's included. Eve is not interested. She makes her sapphic dumplings and then she leaves them for other people to eat. She wants no happiness whatsoever. It's on brand for what I wanted. So I can't say I'm upset at where they have Eve right now at all. So she's trying to pick up her stuff off the floor and this one guy, oh, watch it. And I'm like, ugh. She got shoulder checks, but I like it because it's just Eve <laughs> having the worst day. Just no one gives a fuck about Eve. And she's like, oh my God, this is my life. Yes, this is your life. I think after that, we cut back to Dasha and Villanelle. And this was actually the early release scene that we play in the previous snack where Dasha talks about Villanelle being like the best ever that mm. she trained and that it's so hard having to train at these other cretins and shit. And I'm like, oh, suddenly, oh, okay. Oh, Wow. All right. New information. I never didn't believe that Villanelle wasn't exceptional. It's just a bit of a narrative shift from what they were saying about the 12 in the previous two seasons. Yeah, the 12 is prepared to give you everything. No consequences at all. Like, it's so totally not least, a trap. At the very least, Villanelle doesn't <laughs> fall for that right away. She's like, yeah, right, bitch, because I, I'm not, I'm not going to just be trusting what y'all say like that. I used to think Constantine was the one that figured out, like, the cheat sheet to Villanelle to tell other people, but she's making it seem like she figured out the cheat sheet. That she knows, oh, Villanelle needs compliments and she needs these things to get her to go this way but then at the same time as Dasha starts feeding her those compliments Villanelle's like do you think I'm stupid do you think I'm stupid and it's like okay so this has happened before I feel like that's what we're supposed to be getting with how this scene is going on but again I'm just until I see more stuff I'm still completely thrown for a loop that Constantine is no longer responsible for 
getting you Villanelle know, right, prepared being, for the 12. Right, it is Dasha. I'm just like, what? Cossetton's not the Villanelle code breaker. He has gotten or cheated or borrowed the sheet. That it's just wild. They could have done this from the from... very beginning and I very wouldn't have true. been upset about Dasha. It's just, it feels like it completely undermines my daddy, Constantine, and Villanelle background just by this. And some of the lines we've heard, like Villanelle out here asking to be a keeper because it seemed like when she had a little piece of information or she implied to Constantine she had a little piece of information, Constantine made it seem like in season one, like, girl, you're not supposed to know anything and you know this, actually. And the more questions you ask, actually, the more you put us in danger, me and you. So maybe don't ask those fucking questions. So how do we go from Villanelle inferring that she knew stuff about the 12 to Constantine and getting in trouble to Villanelle being like, I want to be a keeper and Dasha like, oh my God, but that's higher than me. That's higher than Constantine. Oh my God. Um, Susan- so I'm like, did she mean a keeper? Suzanne, she forgot to tell us that, you know, back when uh, Villanelle had to be back in jail in the, right before the take me to the whole incident, that Dasha was there in that prison as well telling Villanelle all the things she needs to know about the 12. Like, that all happened. We just forgot that it happened. So to be like a quick well, flashback... we still need to figure out what's happening with Carolyn. Because okay. Dasha was not in that damn prison, but Carolyn was. And oh, we need yes. to know what Carolyn fucking said to Villanelle. Please, can someone tell me what the fuck Carolyn said to Villanelle in Russia? Well, I mean, do I have confidence that uh, Suzanne will cover that between now and uh, I don't know. Sunday? I mean, look at the wedding. It's in and out. And so maybe, maybe there will be enough time if they're just dropping shit in like this. Um. So uh, do, I have a question. Do you think that she staged those snacks? I want to call them like a brand of like ginger snap that is authentic to Russia that she had like out. Stage them. Like, I think she likes them. Oh, okay. She's Russian. She wants to go home. She hasn't been home in quite some time. Villanelle's Russian. I have an affinity for things like cookies. I ate a bunch as a kid. So I think that's what that is. That they're both Russian women. And that was probably a connecting point when she was training her. Oh, but Villanelle basically is like, well, I'm not coming back to 12 because I can't trust y'all. And of course, Dasha's like, we'll give you whatever you want. And Villanelle's like, oh, am I supposed to be a fool? No. And Dasha's like, no, not at all. Look, I just, I'm just trying to do what I need to do. And Villanelle's like, well, what's in it for you, bitch? I, I know you getting something out of this. She's like, true, true, true. True, 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 true. I want to get back to Russia. I want to go home. You know, I've been a bad girl <laughs> over the past 30 years. My visa's all fucked up. So if I want to get back in the country, they said, if I do this with you, it'll work. Wow. Villanelle knows so much more about the 12 than apparently Eve or I ever knew. Because remember season one? Do you know who you're working for? Villanelle like, blink, 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 blink. Do you, Eve? <laughs> so I don't know. And then um, Dasha gives Villanelle this energy she's like oh oh you just want to be a keeper oh a keeper a keeper oh, hire to constantly hire to me it's just fine I'll just I'll she's just not happy them. about it she's like it's fine no, so we right. can make it happen you know what them. we'll make it happen right. I'll make some calls it's fucking fine Oksana it'll be fine and the Villanelle's like but with my right. hand to your throat don't you ever call me Oksana again my name's Villanelle she's like okay well, all right. Right. Like, okay, okay. okay could you just loosen up the grip <laughs> damn bitch damn but I like that they both had reflexive chokeouts because yes. all women should have reflexive chokeouts. Someone puts a hand on you, reflexive chokeout until you can figure out what's going on. I like that. And after this, we actually have our first deleted scene in the commercials. And it's of a young Dasha walking in her gymnastics outfit in a straight. And she transforms into older Dasha. And I'm like, oh, OK, like, um, all right. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. I don't even need to see it in gift form. And perhaps that's rude, but maybe it's just the way. <laughs> like we, we like there's right no now. purpose. Right, right. There was no purpose to it. Like why were we here? Why? Whatever. That's why it was deleted. And see, 
this is different because last season they had some deleted scenes where I was like, leave that shit in. Right. There but this delicious time I'm like, scene. this was right. Like this was this was the right one to shave off. You guys did well. So what is the next scene after that? Oh my God, it's Kenny. Yeah. Kenny I, on his bike. He's his biking boy shorts. and I like the pathway because it's like a, a lake with no guardrails. So it's like, look how you... carefree he looked. Right. I knew they were going to kill his ass with this carefreeness. I'm like, stressed out Kenny? Like, Anxiety ridden Kenny is just happy? Sorry. Time for him to die. Great. And then he makes it to his place of business unscathed. And he's talking, you guys, to work friends. He has work friends. Like, he has people who are concerned about what he does, with whom he plays trivia and contributes the football information. I'm so proud of Kenny. Where's Elena? Did anyone invite nice. her out for drinks? This is going to be me till the end of time. Right. Like, nope, me too. I just They're like... It's season three. They still mentioning Elena. She hasn't been on it. No, we will be mentioning Elena as long as Killing Eve is on TV. Because we will still be hoping that whatever happens in season four, that Miss Baptiste, because of the Rona and the schedules, that she will have time for one episode. Just one fucking episode. Just one fucking voicemail. Right. I mean, what? Eve, I heard you been wild and bitch. What the fuck? Call me. I that's mean, it. that's what we got for her in episode eight when she was like, oh, I got in a dress. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Exactly. Because she was already done shooting. They were like, right. bitch, just, just call like, in with this, please. The ADR. Lord. Oh, Lord. And then, you know, he gets into the office. He's like, hey, and his friend hits the top of the desk. And he's like, oh, someone's been stealing my, I want to say he said Tang Fastics, which I'm sure is supposed to be like flavors of some kind of treats. I cannot help that. Tang, my Tang Fastics are gone. And I'm like, well, um, sorry, I guess. Yes. And they do compliment each other on their respective pieces that they're working on. And the dude wants to know more about Kenny's piece and offer some help. He's like, yo, what is it about, bro? And Kenny's like, I don't even know, really. I'm not really sure what it's about. I'm just, it's been in progress for these past months, as you guys well know. And they're like, yeah, it's been months, dude. And we still don't know anything about this. Mind you, Dread is in the background like, mm-hmm, we don't know nothing. Well, I don't know. <laughs> he, if he was trying to hide shit from Dread, he probably shouldn't have maximized and then minimized and trashed that photographic dossier of a dead Bill and a dead Frank because that's what he did. He was like, maximize, full screen. So if anyone's spying on me, hey, here, this is me still investigating. Frank. Oh, here's Mr. Fushtuk. And then here's me minimizing trashing. So I, again, we've talked about out of character stuff. I feel like Kenny's a little too smart and a little too paranoid to be this reckless. But apparently... I will just have to believe that while Kenny has left his outer shell of introvertedness to hang out with people, he has left his common sense back. Like he left it there to be an extrovert. And sadly, this is what comes of Kenny. Kenny decided to get on the Palastri train because these are the kind of mistakes Palastri's make versus being very careful. Wait a minute. Palastri's actually do really good detective they work. They do the good work, but... Uh, Pilastries have no regard for safety. Right. <laughs> he has regard. Pilastries do what they want without regard. That's not Kenny. He's not a Pilastri. He's not even a Maltons at this point because well, he's, he's not as dark right. as his mama. Right. He is, not. like I said, a sweet summer flower child that did not deserve what he got, which is why he's out in the paint. Because literally, people like Kenny cannot survive in this world. They're too good, too pure, too innocent, too naive. Because again, Kenny, what were you doing on that public? That is... Internet question. computer in your office in which anyone could browse probably and hack into. Why, Kenny? Why were you not on your laptop? But all right. I mean, I don't even know if I want to get into his boss yelling about whatever article that was coming out. I don't know if that was some sort of uh, someone asking them like the bit of pill, which is where Kenny works. I don't know if that was someone asking them to take down a publication that they posted. And he was like, 
I don't know what that exchange was. I know it was volatile. It seemed like a boss just yelling at his employee the way bosses do disrespectfully, as if it's not a type of mental abuse. Mm. When bosses just yell at you like that, that's what it seemed like to me. Because it's I don't know, unless it comes back around when Eve goes to the bitter pill to try and investigate it's probably just like, oh, it's a throwaway. This is how Kenny's office is. This is his boss, Pa. This is his coworker over here. This is what happens. They sometimes go out for beer and play trivia games. So we can get some sort of indication into the fact that Kenny was opening up like a little flower, that he was trying to have a fucking life. In the preview that we'll discuss later, there was a comment made by some of the like, oh, he actually started to wear deodorant, which I was like, whoa, was Kenny not wearing deodorant? They may not be talking about Kenny, but if they are, was Kenny not wearing deodorant when he was around Elena? Sorry about the smell. That's why he didn't get to smash. <laughs> That is why. Good so, God. Sorry about the smell. I'll, I'll definitely. No, he's not sorry. Because if you're sorry, you wear deodorant. Well, That's a lie. You're sorry when you put on deodorant and it fails you. You're well, like, I'm right. so sorry I smell. I literally put on this fucking, what do they put you? Like, degree? this was right. Or I tried this, I tried this uh, old natural brand. It just, it failed me. <laughs> it failed well, everyone me. Everyone should know all natural in. brands fail I everyone just... because they don't stop the funk. Right. They if anything, they get out of the way of the funk. Like the funk is the thing that's melting the natural away and out of your... Well, I guess there are some natural remedies, but let me not go into my science. But yes, there are some things that work, some things that don't. But generally, it's a person's body chemistry and what they eat also that will determine how strong is your body odor and whether or not people can tolerate it. Like, think about your diets, people. Uh, I had a roommate that thought his sweat was my cat pee. Ooh, no! We had a fight. He said... Your cat peed on my bed, and I was like, "My cat would never." And this is my princess, and <laughs> we had an argument. And I was like, "Listen, I'll find, I'll try to find a way to keep her out your room." Um, but I really don't think it was her. I just never, in all these years, has she ever done anything like this. And like a week later, he came back to me to apologize. He was like, "Listen, Candace, I woke up and I had been sweating all night, and I just I realized that that was my body. Like it was his sweat." You need to do something about your body. No, he said that himself. That oh. he had to. That he was going to change his diet because he'd been eating a lot of certain type of meats at the restaurant he worked and stuff. And so he said that, but he was apologetic and embarrassed because he really was in my face about you need to control your cat. And I'm like, my cat, legitimately, especially my girl cat, she never pees on people's stuff. Why are you saying this to me? And it was his own body sweat. So that was a point of reference where I helped him scientifically, where he was like, why do you think it smells so bad? I'm like, it's what you're eating. It's how many oils are you drinking water? Do you That's know what water thing. is? Right, because right. you should drink a lot of water. Right. And those were things he wasn't doing. And so his body odor got... How you grown and don't drink water? Sorry. Sorry. I'm just going to say sometimes he took a shower and it was like the opposite of what a shower does. You know, like, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this before. Like, you open the door, you're like, oh, that's that's soap. That's dial. That's right. herbal essence. Right. I would open and be like, that's, oh, oh, that's Jersey. That's the dumpster. What <laughs> oh is this, God? God? Why are men? Oh. Why are men? That's why you don't live you with hat men. That. You don't live with hat men. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't have them as roommates. Mm. You will suffer. Like, maybe one out of ten figures out like what a laundry is but I, like I told you I had one roommate who was like what do you do with a broom and I wanted to knock him the fuck out I just left right this I is, said google it this is what I said you google do. it google it you asshole what do you mean what do you do with a broom you need are a, you fucking kidding me I wish I could have like went back in time and gave My you wig. a bat <laughs> take him out of the knees right. and just plead plead the fifth <laughs> so here use this broom to steady yourself you, you while I <laughs> to your kneecaps god 
Anyway, I just said that because when we were talking about the piss, I was like, no, I just have to say realistically for poor Kenny that there are some people out there whose body odor can smell as bad as cat piss. And if you've ever smelled cat piss, you know what that is. So Kenny just runs around in this football and then afterwards he just goes into the office and just works smelling like outside. What if he stopped wearing deodorant because Elena went away and now he's back to wearing deodorant because he's being social again because he was going out. I'm going to give Kenny the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. If he can fucking shave his face, surely he can put on a deodorant stick. So, And his friend that wanted to go out for beer. Did you find it weird that first he was under his desk looking for his candy? And then he went to Kenny's desk with random cables? <laughs> like, where did the cables come from and why do you have them? Okay, and so you- I know that you have your conspiracy <laughs> theories <laughs> about Kenny's. You already say, you already think whoever murked Kenny in office, you're like, people are tapping his phones, Pa is in on it. You just think the whole bitter pill is the 12. I, I, at <laughs> That's least what you think. That girl for sure, Dread, I love her. I want I want her to do wonderful It doesn't take things. much for you to love a bitch, but I, then, I understand that energy. And then this redhead, I, I, I don't want to say Raymond Jr. He too big to be a Raymond Jr., but I mean, maybe. Oh my god! You think the curly one? Right. Oh the, please! I mean, he a little. That big. would be. That would be. He a little big. It would be so random. Right? I wouldn't know what to say. Right. <laughs> oh my god! So after that scene ends with Kenny trashing them files for whatever reason, just to show us that he had them and was going to trash them, we cut to Eve back at work, and it's a very sorry scene. A very very sorry scene. She is hanging up her shit in a dirty locker. She's in the back of the kitchen. It is like grueling blue collar work. And her boss is sort of like, hey girl, you've been here for months and you've got a face. That's nice. Why don't you go work in the front? Better hours, more money. You could, and Eva's like, let me just stop you right there. Right. Because you're trying to offer me something nice and good and I don't want that shit, bitch. I don't want that. And the boss is like, but maybe if I... But what's weird, but what I caught, which I thought was really interesting was like, um... Your aunt told me to make sure that I take care of you. And I guess she doesn't want a handout. She doesn't want people feeling sorry for her. So she's like, no, I want to be in the kitchen. I like the kitchen. Well, I think that too, but also she doesn't want to be seen. Like she doesn't want glamour. She doesn't want the type of job where you could buy a decent shirt that isn't a sweater and a blouse all at once. She wants to be scraping the barrel. We've seen her apartment. It's a shit show. She's like, you're trying to give me something that could head towards decent. And where I'm at, where I'm at in the muck and the trash, that's where I like it. Okay. Literally, my apartment is trash. It is an actual trash bin, and this is what (laughs) I want my life to be. This is what I deserve. But my thing is, I'm afraid that she's also thinking, I may have to balance like a tray and then hold something heavy and pour it. And with my limited range of motion, you may add. I'm telling you, my head cannon is (laughs) Eve is in the kitchen, and she's either chopping shit up and thinking about chopping a body potentially in Villanelle or she's making dumplings and she's thinking about sapphic things you can do with your fingers and she's also thinking about Villanelle and she oscillates back and forth between her anger and her rage and regret every fucking day you can't do that in public you can't just be lost to your thoughts when you're dealing with people you can be lost to your thoughts when you're just doing a single activity of cutting I'm making no one's talking to me she talks to no one she listens to the boys talk she's just there like doing her thing so it's the perfect job for Eve to just exist and be lost in her thoughts all day so she can't rage she can't murder. Ish. We'll She's see her not, rage. We'll, we'll see her rage. What I mean is like, we see her eventually, like, we'll see her drink because that's one of the things that, like, she resorts to. Like, I mean. Well, it technically it looks like Eve is drinking every night. Well, if yeah. we could, if we could get the, uh, every time we see Eve, I would she's love- drinking. Every time we see that bitch, she's like, can I get a glass of wine? They say if it's wine and not liquor. <laughs> 
I but mean, you're not really an alcoholic. If I could just get her off screen or on, I mean, I don't care, but most likely off screen to uh, caress a dumpling in her bed. Ew, delete that. <laughs> Please send hate mail to Terrence. The only thing Eve needs to be caressing in her bed is herself or a villain. Well, that's what I mean. Not a damn dumpling. It's messy. It's greasy. It's bad news but bears. But not a real It's dumpling. leading to a eat. What? I'm talking what, about- a fake dumpling? No. What are you talking about? I, I was making a, a an allegory. But the dumpling don't even work. That's not what- I don't well, think you want to say to a girl, hey, need me like a dumpling. No, no. I do mean, me like you do your dumplings. But- if you watched her hands when she was no, making No, I did them? watch her hands, oh, and okay. I do think there was a sapphic analogy. I just don't think <laughs> one should repeat oh, the making of the dumpling on a woman. Oh, it's well, not yeah. like saying the alphabet. You know how some guys say, do the alphabet when you're down here and you're something to do. That's great. What? So they're not, then you're, they're not paying attention then. The well, alphabet. I would say that you should pay attention to a person's cues like like watch with your eyeballs so you know what's working it's not working but there are men and other people who feel like the formula is cracked for women and they're like do this but as i always say each woman is each woman is different if you're not paying attention really you're probably fucking up and she's just being nice and not telling you (laughs) well yeah don't know how we got there. Oh, Eve, you wanting Eve to be making fake dumplings with her own body under the sheets. All right. Just some self-discovery would be nice for her as a character to just be like, oh, so I don't have to. Well, drinking is a as an outlet. Yes, but that could also be harmful. True, in that true, sense. true. Well, but, I mean, she was drinking um, like Beyonce. I've been drinking. <laughs> I've been drinking. That's Eve every night in her fucking boxers, whatever the fuck she had on her trash in the back. She it's, said, "Born is here. Let me just." I, I seen random just, cups. I seen random straws. I cable seen, infomercials on TV. Right. Whatever she was watching. I, I oh was, man! I was like, "This is." I love it though. I love it. I love it. I have to be honest with you guys. I am living and loving every like, second of Eve suffering. Like a pirate on land. Like I'm just trying to figure it out. It's so so sad. Oh, and then we cut to Constantine in London. London in a tourist shop. So 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 so. As the listener said on the live. I'm with them. I think Constantine killed Kenny because I used to think it was Villanelle and I was trying to figure out something in my mind to be like, oh, do they see each other? Just Villanelle peek her head over the roof or something. Mm -hmm. Then Eve sees her and then she's like, I gotta get you, bitch. But I think now that we have been given this clue and some things seem to be like just right on it with the heavy handedness this season so far that I think Constantine killed Kenny. Why the fuck is Constantine in London? Why is he there? Why is he there? Why is he there? I do think Constantine knew about the bitter pill, but I also feel No, but like- killed Kenny because in a later scene before Kenny goes down, when he gets that food delivery, he wasn't expecting. When he's in the tourist shop, this scene right now, he looks like he's he's looking at magnets and he's shopping for a fucking thing. First call he gets that he ignores is from Medina. He's like, decline. He gets a second call on a different phone, unknown, decline. decline. Gets a third call. Different phone, unknown, decline. So his daughter's looking for him and his employers, apparently, his new employers, old employers, same employers, they're looking for his ass. And so later on, when he gets the menu, the menu says, time to go fishing. I believe that's Kenny. So I don't know. It could be someone else. But I really do think if the 12 was trying to get somebody for real, they'd be like, you, Constantine, you want to be back in the fold? You want to be back with us? Let me tell you what you got to do. Um, so that, that, that Kenny character... You know, Carolyn's son, he's still looking into us. Handle that. And he's like, Ooh, you want me to handle that? Oh, I got that. I got that. I got that. I got it. It's fine. And I think that's why he looked so upset. Because Constantine, every time we see him, for the most part, it's usually with Phil and now, he has a certain type of 
light, jovial energy to him. The entire time we saw Constantine in this episode, he looked stressed. Mm -hmm. He looked upset. He looked like he was between a rock and a hard place doing shit he don't want to do. So I don't believe that, that he would true. want to kill Kenny, but I do believe he would be put into a position where he had no other choice, especially if he's inveigled himself back with the 12 and the 12 has beef with everybody as they should. Yeah. Before the season started, I was like, he would want to find a way to restore balance because he was under Carolyn versus being on her level. And so he would look for a right. way to sort I of... I just hope he doesn't take that misogyny route of dealing with his, his inadequacies, but... Life is full of compromises. Like, I don't, I don't have time for that because, like, <laughs> even Carolyn was giving that speech to Kenny. Life's full of compromises, Kenny. And I would never apologize for, you know, any of the decisions that I made but well, she didn't say all that. I just think if I had to say, I would be like, Carolyn's just like, and I never apologize. Like, <laughs> that's it. Like, she's talking about herself and what she doesn't do. Right. But <laughs> she's like, I still love you, Kenny. Uh, and before Constantine leaves, he does pick up a magnet or some shit and tells the cashier he's getting it for his daughter who never likes anything he gets, which is precisely why he's getting it. Oh, Constantine. And that's the one piece of smile he cracks at the end of the scene. Yeah, she was a little confused this uh this cashier she was like are you visiting he's like yeah no yeah but this is for my daughter like this is i don't need this and she's like oh does she like london he's like no he hates she hates everything about the city <laughs> and you know, she's like well uh shade but okay all right indeedio what is the next scene we have oh is this us going back to is it nighttime already no it can't be nighttime already let's see da -da -da. I know, Dasha. She's giving a gymnastics class to oh, children. Oh, yes. She's being kind of a dick. Uh, yeah, this girl is trying to do some sort of uh, this move and she stumbles and here comes Dasha all, all over her. Are you, are you about to cry? Are you crying? And she's like, no. There's no crying in gymnastics. Right. And the Villanelle's over here like, you know, if you ever want to piss off, just tell her. <laughs> Villanelle is being the degenerate. And she's like, listen, you want to fuck with the teacher. Here's how you do it. But Dasha's like, oh, actually, don't listen to her because she was a loser and a nobody until I got to her. And I was like, wow, Dasha. But I'm so glad you were directly overhearing Villanelle's conversation to she interject was like, there. She told me how, she taught me how to cheat. She's like, but I did teach you something, didn't I? I did teach you something. Look at you now. Look at you. Thriving. She's like, be like Dasha. And, you know, she points because her name's on her tracksuit. And she's like, now go piss off. I'm like, mm. She does tell him to piss off. And I'm like, where are the parental units to be like, excuse me, ma'am, ma'am. That's not how we do it, but all right. Right, not in these aughts, because I mean, that may have been fine in the 70s or 80s or 90s, but. Yes, and after she dismisses the class, she tells Villanelle she's got a job for her. And Villanelle's like, well, <clears throat> is this the keeper shit? And she's like, oh, not the, not the keeper shit, but you got to do this before you get to the keeper shit, because this is how it goes. And Villanelle's like, no, nah, bitch, I yeah, don't that, know. Right, that don't I sound don't like what know. I want. It mm -mm. sounds like y'all playing games again, and I'm not interested in playing games. Mm -hmm. She's like, listen, bitch, this is really fucking simple, okay? You want the job or not, bitch? All right, so this this is the only path for you. So either you take this job, that would be Villanelle clapping or Dasha clapping Dasha, if she was yeah. from New York. You take this fucking postcard or get the fuck out of my school. How about that? Don't waste my time. And Villanelle took that postcard. <laughs> so to Dasha's credit, she did raise her voice and Villanelle was like, well, okay, I'll, I am going to take the postcard. Which I was putting is, up a fit, right, but I'm going to take it. And that's big for Villanelle to want to consider a suggestion by someone who is yelling at her. That's why Dasha that has to die. Because the only person who's supposed to be able to yell at Villanelle right. and not to totally die is Eve. That's right. the only one. Because we've seen when people tried. 
to give and her little things commands. have happened to them. Right. And she, oh, then she's like, oh, she brings up how her kills are the ones that are flawless and still being studied and Villanelle's right. Like, she yeah, said to Villanelle, she was like, your work is always was always so inventive and fresh, almost as good as mine. And I was like, uh huh. <laughs> so when is someone going to show me inventive and fresh on TV? There are a whole lot of crime shows. There's a whole lot of procedurals. There's a whole lot of Hannibal's and killers and stuff. So we have seen murders between horror films and everything else. Fucking Final Destination. We've seen a lot of shit. So if you're going to call somebody inventive, I just would like to see more than a barely bit lip slash tongue and powder on their face. Yeah, I'm going to need to see like a a, a human cello in tune. I'm saying bring that that Hannibal energy of that fucking killer that was like, watch me take your entrails and create music out of it. That's a lot. It's a lot. But at the same time, you're like, look at the art. You see why a person like Eve Plashy was attracted to Villanelle. I do not see why a single hoe would stalk Dasha at this time. I'm thinking that she was a big deal for the time in which she was operating. So it's just the high of being the best that she's venting about versus actually being this really, really talented. But then it doesn't make sense. But then they invert their own storyline. Either she was the best and still is the best, according to her mind, in terms of like her inventiveness with the kills, or she never was. The writers can't lie to themselves. They can't write something and be like, we're lying at the same time we're doing it. Which is why I'm saying they're not proving it well enough. They are setting it up to say Dasha is more experienced. Dasha is more sophisticated. Dasha is a better killer. Dasha is a longer killer. Dasha trained Villanelle. Dasha gave all her stuff. So besides this exposition, I just would like to... Feel it and know it in my heart that Dasha is this innate person than everyone telling me. And me being like, I guess I believe you. I guess. I guess my musing would be that my hope is that the 12 is predominantly Ain't no damn female. In this I know. <laughs> Better say that shit for the snack. What you mean you're musing? I know. But I mean, my fear is that we're going by men who are saying that Dasha was great because, you know, Dasha knew how to comply. And maybe those are the whoa, things that whoa, made her... Whoa, whoa. Right. Do you what see what a, I'm saying? No, I'm saying whoa to your right. assumption. There's nothing about what we've seen that says Dasha complies. If what? anything, we've seen that Dasha does not comply. Well, that's why she's Her teacher was like, do this damn thing. And she was like, fuck you. The dude was like, I think you're pretty. I think you're great. And she was like, well, you know what I think? Take this death. Take this murder. So I don't think they've shown us that she complies with men. If anything, they've shown us she doesn't comply with men. I'm just saying they have to, like, they have to show, not say. That's all. They just have to show, not say. Show, not say. But at the same time, when you do a six-month jump like this, you have to do a lot of saying uh and not showing. And that's what we said. We literally said flashbacks. Or exposition, and either one is like, oh, I don't know how much of it is happening, really. How much of it is something I'm hearing versus something I get to experience. And so even with the whole Eve, with the, you know, the ICU, the Taurus, whatever, potentially like a really quick, like that movie. Um, what was that movie? Oh, wait a minute. It's going to come back to me in a second. What was that name of the actor that was in Dawson's Creek? Uh, let's see. There was James James Vanderbeek. That's what it is. The Rules of Attraction. There we go. So The Rules of Attraction is an old fucking school film. And there was a party sequence, I want to say, in that film where someone goes on spring break or whatever in Europe. And it's just like very frenetic, very fast. Lots of photos. Think, um, is it The Hangover at the end? Okay, yeah. So it was like doing The Hangover, what they did there before, you know, 10 years, 20 years before The Hangover was doing it. So just like a motley crew. Of flashes. That would have been a better attempt to me to try to explain Eve really quickly than you having Kenny tell me that some Taurus fucking found her somehow right. and got her to an ICU in which she was a fucking. I coma. mean, but I think that that's a cover. 
Or at least I wanted you to You did say that on the previous snack, so we will just leave that for midweek musings because I'm sure that conspiracy theory has only grown. So after uh, Villanova rolls her eyes about how untouchable this woman's kills are or whatever. Uh, oh, this is when uh, Eve is making the dumplings. TV. No. Oh, wait. What? I feel like she's watching TV and then she spills. No. Her- she's back at the, she's back at the, um, at the restaurant making dumplings sapphically. And, and she's listening the to the, the co-workers right. talking behind her and they're talking about love and whatever. Right. And then quickly we go back, we see Eve again because we're going through her days of just like monotonous. And then she's back at home and she spills wine on the floor and that's when she starts wiping it up with, oh, the, with the trash nearby, which also happens to be toilet paper. And she's wiping the shit up with the toilet paper and you're like, Eve, this whole place uh, right. looks a mess. Love yourself, girl. That she's like, oh, remember that one time? And she has a fond memory of Kenny way, way back when she was still green to the sapphicness and the murder and Kenny was trying to ration out squares of TP in the office. Remember that, guys? He was like, listen, how many how many squares do you need? She said, you know what? She's I'm like, just, just give me the roll. Give me the roll. Can I have the roll? He's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> so Kenny has really made leaps and bounds, honestly, if we start from where he was then, which was Carolyn's computer guy who never really talked to anyone, to like a fucking journalist reporter with friends in which he plays trivia games. Wow, Kenny, they gave you all of that development just to kill your ass in an episode. I mean... I'm sorry. I'm, t- I I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Drinks on me when I see you around the corner. <laughs> right? When the quarantine over. Right. See you in Williamsburg. And, you know, she has that thought. I'm, at this point, I'm sure she's like half a bottle in because then she snaps a photo with her phone. Well, she has a moment of euphoria. It's so adorable because the whole day she's been monotonous. No smiles, nothing. We're going through the routine like we saw that happened yesterday. And then she has that flash. And it's like she remembers. And it's not even just about Kenny and the toilet paper. I think it was about the vibe that she felt then. This vibe of excitement and discovery. And my career is going up and everything's going so well. Just so great. Just all of it would be a happy memory for her. And then she really sits and thinks about it after she sends the text. And she's probably like, let me finish the rest of this wine bottle. Because I hate I hate my life right now. And I guess she blacks out because we don't really get to see much of what happens afterwards with her. But we see that uh, Constantine is uh, watching He's television. He's also drinking, actually. Right? This is a theme. This is a major theme. People are suffering Coping, and drinking and killing right. Eve. Because we go from Eve drinking to Constantine drinking. He is going Everybody through something. Everybody is single. They single. Uh, no, they're so, not. Well, you know. not single. Chevelle knows. Well, she may think she's single, but her wife is literally still legally her wife with the fake papers. With the fake papers. That is true. Until Villanelle handles that, I'm convinced Maria is just back at the loft, like, yo, bitch, I gave you a whole ass palace. Ho, this how you doing me, ho? Damn. 